0: Welcome to episode number 7 of the Brain Camp podcast. I'm your host Tanner Peterson, a professional in the field of performance psychology, looking to help you level up your mindset and wellness. This week, I'm absolutely excited. And why is that? You might ask. Because I have on an absolutely inspiring story for you to hear. A story about determination, finding your purpose, And developing a new outlook on life. I'm happy to have on Jordan Bolton. Jordan was a high school basketball star at Apple Valley High School, where he helped develop one of the top basketball programs in the entire state of Minnesota. He went on to play at Lake Region State College, a Division I junior college in North Dakota. But during his first year, Jordan's life was turned upside down when an accident caused him to become paralyzed from the neck down once a basketball star was now unable to move. Now, Jordan has a new journey, a journey to walk again. In my conversation with him, you'll hear about how his journey has shaped his new outlook on life, how gratitude has become his new attitude, and how he is determined to prove the doctors wrong and walk again. With so much to get into, let's meet Jordan. And welcome to episode number seven of the Brain Camp Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Peterson, a professional in the field of performance psychology, looking to help you level up your mindset and wellness. This week, I'm absolutely excited. And why is that, you might ask? Because I have on an absolutely inspiring story for you to hear, a story about determination, finding your purpose, and developing a new outlook on life. I'm happy to have on Jordan Bolton. Jordan was a high school basketball star at Apple Valley High School, where he helped develop one of the top basketball programs in the entire state of Minnesota. He went on to play at Lake Region State College, a Division I junior college in North Dakota. But during his first year, Jordan's life was turned upside down, when an accident caused him to become paralyzed from the neck down. Once a basketball star was now unable to move. Now, Jordan has a new journey, a journey to walk again. In my conversation with him, you'll hear about how his journey has shaped his new outlook on life, how gratitude has become his new attitude, and how he is determined to prove the doctors wrong and walk again. With so much to get into, Let's meet Jordan. I'm happy to welcome on Jordan Bolton. Jordan, welcome to podcast.
1: Oh, thank you. We've chatted a little bit, trying to find time to connect. I'm really excited to have you on here to uh, to tell your extremely inspiring story and, uh,
2: and your journey.
1: So would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about your journey and your story?
2: So I grew up playing sports for most of my life, which kind of was what I spent all my time doing, really. And I played three sports, baseball, football, and basketball, up until about ninth grade, my freshman year of high school, where I played freshman football for one year. And then the rest was basketball, playing at Apple Valley, which was a good basketball program at the time. So you had to spend most of your energy and effort doing stuff towards, you know, getting better for that team and everything, which... it was a lot of hard work and you had to have the right mental because, you know, most of us could have been playing anywhere else pretty early on in our, uh, in our careers, like as high schoolers, but at Apple Valley, since there was talent, not only under us, but above us, you always had to be working hard. So then from then on, ended up getting a scholarship at Lake region state college in North Dakota. It's in devil's Lake. And finished my first year had a good freshman year and then was just getting into the second year was injured for most of the year and just had got back from injury and was playing really well and then that's when i got my spinal cord injury which was the C4 and C5 on my spine which left me paralyzed from the neck down couldn't feel or move anything the doctors only gave me a 5% chance of any recovery up to that point And I've just been grinding ever since that day and just thought, you know, instead of why me, why not me Mm -hmm. and put all the faith in God and everything. And it's just worked out for me up to this point. Now I'm able to walk in the pool, uh, move my arms functionally working on doing like squats and everything now outside of the pool since Mm -hmm. gravity is harder, you know, in the pool, it's gravity Mm -hmm. eliminated. So now it's, Been the big focus now is just strengthening the legs and getting stronger each week. And that's how it's been for me. That's how the recovery process has been. So I'm very fortunate that it's all paying off.
1: I want to ask you, what was your initial reaction when you realized, well, maybe first your initial reaction, like from the injury. And then maybe when you heard that, when you got the official word from the medical team that you had been paralyzed.
2: So It really took a while for me to really know exactly what happened and what my life was at the time. I really didn't know until they gave me that five percent chance what was going on. I just knew I like couldn't move anything and it was weird. Because you know, it's like you don't think about just kicking your leg out or moving your arm, just kind of naturally. So then when they gave me that five percent chance, my mom was in the hospital with me and I mean I just wanted her to be fine and know that I was going to be okay so I just told her like you know we're going to get through this and I'm going to be back on my feet don't even worry and you know that's that just stayed with me and that was just the mindset from that time on like you know things can't really get worse than this and when you dwell on something feel bad for yourself or are mad or you know, that just, I've learned that that's never made the situation better, you know, it can only Mm -hmm. go up from here. So I just kept a positive mindset and just remained optimistic. And that's, what's really been the driving force through this recovery process.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you mentioned that point of it, it can't get any worse than this. Oh, and then that kind of like shed some positivity on. So I want to ask you like, in the face of so much adversity you know doctors give you a five percent chance to to walk again in the face of that adversity how do you find the ability to shift that mindset and to keep to keep going
2: well really it's sports you know like working towards an ultimate goal whether that's a championship you know getting ready for the next game that's just how i look at it so i'm just looking at it as I need to prepare for that championship which is walking again so I'm gonna do everything in my power to put myself in the right situation for me to accomplish that so really I just look at it as how I've looked at sports my whole life so that's why it's really not hard to you know stay positive and just keep going from there
1: no that I like that that analogy that you know you'd mentioned that you played sports your entire life and you know within sport like you're chasing championships. You took that same uh, concept and kind of switched it to near you know, the situation you're in now, where maybe you're no longer chasing a like a gold trophy. but you still have that uh, idea that you're, you're chasing something? There's always something to be chasing right. after. Yeah, you know, that's really cool. Really cool. So, what has been the most like important factor in terms of like your mindset in your own recovery process?
2: Really, my support team, like you know it's it's a very tough situation it, for anybody, and just having the right people around you really helps. and I have the most amazing support team, and they've been with me since day one, like the hospital, the people working in the hospital told me like we've never had this many people in someone's room before, like you always have people in your room come to see you every day. And, you know, that just people showed that, you know, they had a lot of love for me and that they cared and they believed in me. And that just has been the driving force through the recovery. And then along along the way, people have reached out to me and said how much I had inspired them, which, you know, one of the greatest things you can do in life is inspire the next person. So that's Mm -hmm. really been a big uh, a big thing for my progress and recovery.
1: What does it do when you get, maybe maybe it's a tweet or a letter where someone, you know, writes to you and says, Hey Jordan, like I heard about your story and it really inspired me. What does that do for you?
2: It just, it just, it's more fuel to just keep going. Like I love it. And Mm -hmm. it honestly makes me go even harder the next time I'm training, you know, like just keeping Mm -hmm. that person in my thoughts and, you know, trying to inspire the next person and inspire them to keep going you know with whatever they're facing it doesn't necessarily even have to be like an injury or something but just you know mentally knowing that to stay positive and that your goal can be reached it just might take time but everything great takes time yeah that's a great
1: point that everything great takes time I want to take you a few steps back you mentioned your your social support crew and how important they are you know, you're, you, when you were in the hospital, the, the medical team kind of said, like, hey, we've never seen this many people like, come in and out of the hospital room. Now, How is that group of people that are close to you, like I'll call it your circle, how have they helped you in your process?
2: I mean, they've helped me tremendously. I, I couldn't honestly even put into words how much they helped me because I never felt like I was alone or doing this by myself, you know? Like, I always felt like it was a team effort, and I still feel that way, along with, you know, my trainers, doctors that I have now. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just an amazing group of people, family, friends. They've all been there since day one, and they all help me as much as they can, even though, you know, they have their own lives to live.
1: For sure, for sure. I obviously, you know, but I just saw a uh, ESPN producer, a story about you and uh, your friend, Gary Trent Jr., who is, uh, for those who don't know, a, a shooting guard for the Portland Trailblazers. And I, in that story, your friendship, it talks about how it goes a long way back and how it's kind of grew, developed into something. Like, I think that you would call, I think in the video you mentioned that you, know, you two were like brothers now, and he's really helped you through this process. Can you kind of tell the yeah. listeners a little bit you know what your relationship with gary and how it's developed into such a
2: bond now so we really bonded over basketball right away because at a young age we were both very talented at basketball and his dad actually approached my mom to play with him we were kind of rivals before mm-hmm. and it was just you know to push the next person to make that person even better and is. uh Dad wanted him around more minorities because, you know, I don't know if people know, but Apple Valley isn't really that much of a diverse place. So like, you know, we could really relate and bond over a lot of things. And that just kept growing as the years went by where, you know, we were teammates at first, then we were close friends and now we're just brothers and family. Like, you know, it's like really having the brother I I never really had growing up. So. It's great. And, you know, we talk every day. We push each other every day. And that's just been us since about high school, really.
1: And, uh, you know, although like, you're not playing basketball uh, at this moment, you know, he's doing this thing with the Trailblazers. How do you push each other? Although you're, you're on different platforms, how does that your competitive nature build into you know your therapy now and then uh, helping push Gary at his level? Him helping you in your level. Tell me about that.
2: You know, we just make sure each other are is doing exactly what we need to be doing to, you know, take either our recovery to the next level or for his instance, you know, his game to the next level. So like I'll watch a game and you know, nick pick at certain things, like, man, you you shot really well, but maybe you could have rebound or did this or that during the game. And, you know, he calls and makes sure. I'm going as hard as I can always, you know, because when I get back home, I'm not done working out for the day. You know, I work out when I get home. So he'll FaceTime me. And if I'm just like sitting around chilling, he'll be like, what are you doing right now? You you gotta be doing something. You know, Mm -hmm. there's always something you can be doing to, you know, get yourself to the next level in your recovery. So, you know, just kind of like things like that. And, you know, just motivating each other, reminding each other how, far we've came from where we started in you know whether it's his career or my recovery process because we talk about a lot of times like you were on a bike this time last year just watching the games and now you're starting for the trailblazers averaging mm-hmm. 15 points like you know that's amazing and at one point I couldn't move my arms and now I'm you know doing squats mm-hmm. yeah it's
1: wouldn't I when I watched that story, that was one thing that stuck out to me is how you you had this super strong connection. Although like, maybe you can't hoop right now. He's doing his thing. You're still so engaged in each other's lives and I, maybe you can disagree with me. I would say that competitive nature is from an athlete is coming out in your rehab. Would you agree? Oh yeah. 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 Tell me about like, how is that competitiveness still a part of your uh, rehab process?
2: Well, you know, I love proving people wrong. Like, that's a big thing of mine. And uh, I've always kind of been, you know, overlooked, like even at Apple Valley, like I wasn't the tallest on the team, but I could score just as well as anyone on the team. So, Mm. you know, that's where I actually got the saying, why not me, was actually playing for Apple Valley because I would always get told what I can and can't do. So I'm like, why not me? I'm I'm gonna prove everyone wrong. So that's where the competitive nature comes by. And I've already shattered the the expectations of the five percent because I shouldn't be able to move at all. They thought I'd be bed bound forever. So I just know only you know exactly what you're capable of. I feel like the next person doesn't know. Only you know what you're what you are capable of doing. And, you know, that's just how I've always thought.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's,
2: that's such a good point
1: that, you know, although, like, maybe the doctors put that 5% chance on you that that didn't mean Ligeti split to you because you you had the mindset that you were going to walk again. Right. And I want, I want to in more into that, that mindset aspect of, you know, coming over the adversity and, like, understanding this is the, what others are expecting of me, but this is what I'm going to do. Was there ever a point where you kind of like, maybe, I don't want to say faith, or maybe it's hope, but kind of were down in, uh, in your thoughts or idea that maybe you, won't, you might not be able to walk again? Now, how did you get that mindset shift back to you know, being motivated and ready, ready to go do the work?
2: To be honest, I never really had a shift. Right away, the mindset was I'm going to walk again and I'm going to do everything I need to do to get there because, you know, I had everyone else feeling bad for me and having the, the already, uh, you know, doubt or, you know, just uncertainty for me mm-hmm. where that's where the competitiveness that we speak on came in. Like, I'm going to prove everyone wrong. I'm going to hopefully get y'all to believe in what I'm believing in. And slowly that's what it became. But I always, in my mindset knew I was going to walk again and still do like mm-hmm. they all thought I was crazy when I said it like right away, because, <laughs> you know, like during a uh, therapy, they asked you like, what are your goals? And right away it was walk again. And they're like, well, Jordan you need, you need a more realistic goal. You know, that's not, you can't even move your arms right now. How are you talking about walking again? You know? So mm-hmm. Then it was just getting full body strength. I would just tell them full body strength then.
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, no, I would love to hear from you. Like, I guess maybe we should have had this earlier, but can you tell me like what your workout routine is like? How many days a week? How many hours a week or day?
2: Yeah, so on average, I work out about five hours a day with like, you know, specialized trainers in spinal cord. Mm -hmm. Six days a week. Sunday is my only day off, really. I see a chiropractor twice in the week, my trainers all through the week. Um, I do this walking machine called the Local Mat that you okay. might have seen on my social media. I do that once a week. And then um, I do various of different exercises with the trainers. That's like pretty much full body workouts every day. And then after that, I come home and do electrical stimulation, which Fires my muscles, helps fire my muscles for me. And I do that for the rest of the day until I go to bed about, and that's every day, even Sunday. And then um, I just recently got the Norma Tech. I don't know if you know about that, but the Norma Tech things that you usually see the NBA players in that look like, like boots almost, but they go all the way up to your hips. Yeah. Yeah, so I got, I got the full body of that, which helps with the recovery because... I'm just a nonstop man. It's hard for me to, to chill. And, you know, that's really helped with the recovery, but that's how my training schedule is on a daily.
1: Just from your social media, I understood that like you were training a lot, but like when you put it in those terms and you put that extensive list, even like when you're not you know, training with your, I'll call it your medical team or your right. uh, rehabilitation team, like you're at home doing whatever it needs to be, if you were to tell someone, no, helping them with their own motivation, because it sounds like your motivation to walk again is ingrained in what you do. How would you help someone build their own motiva- motivation? Or maybe it's find their motivation. Would you have any tips for that?
2: For my tips, I'd be probably, you know, um, so I have my main goal, obviously, you know, walking again, but I also set little goals that I check mark along the way that shows I'm making progress towards the main goal. And I think that's really a big, a big thing you need to do because, you know, you might get discouraged and get down if you're only looking at the main goal. So you need to set small goals that, you know, you know, you can reach faster. That's, you know, still building up to that main goal. And I think if you do that, you're going to stay motivated and keep going. I mean, it's just like saving money, you know, towards buying something you really want. You're going to have to, you're not going to be able to save all your money at once. You're going to have to do it, you know, slowly and gradually and you'll get there. So I would say that's really the mindset you should try to do.
1: Yeah. So it's sounds like kind of like, I'll call them process goals, those little, uh, those little steps along the way to show you're making progress and keep that motivation while still right. going on the way to reach that big goal. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So now I want to ask you: How has your injury shaped your own view on life compared to when you were uh, when you were playing in college? Has there been any major yeah. shift at all?
2: Oh yeah, I definitely enjoy life way more. Like the small things, you know, just having nice weather, the sun out, those yeah. little things that you never just think of because. Back in college, I was, you know, I'm a big introvert. People usually get surprised when I tell them that. But I would just play video games, do my homework, go to practice. Like, that just wasn't the routine. Didn't really interact with that many people, you know. So I would listen to a lot of music. You'd never catch me without headphones on, like, even at home. So now, you know, I just, like, enjoy meeting new people, having conversations, doing things outside, like, all the stuff I didn't do before. And I just, you know, I'm just more appreciative of everything in life now. Like, you know, I don't take anything for granted because one, one day I had everything taken away from me, like Mm -hmm. even, and, you know, people think, you know, that's money or something, but like, no, literally everything I couldn't move, you know, like everything was taken away from me at once. So as I'm slowly getting everything back, I really, appreciate the little things like just being able to feel the bottom of my feet, you know, when I'm sitting, like stuff you take for granted, being able to pee on your own. Like they told me I'd never be able to pee and I can like just little stuff you never think about, I appreciate now.
1: Yeah. I was I was gonna lead into my next point like how is how is gratitude shaped who Jordan is today? We just highlight like there's so many different things, the little things, how has it impacted like, you as a person? Do you think there's any shift, like a shift within?
2: For sure. Yeah. I was never this positive before. Like anyone could tell you that, like my coaches would always say like, Jordan smile. Why don't you smile? Like, and you know, now you never catch me not smiling. Like, so it, it really has been a, just a big shift. And you know, I believe in God's plan. And I think this was always a part of the plan. And I'm honestly just a happier person now. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'd am i be lying if I didn't say that.
1: Why do you think it is that, I think like you're sitting you're, uh you mentioned there how like after your uh, your injury, you become a much happier person, like, like you're smiling, like your coaches uh, said, like you never smile. Why do you think it is that oftentimes like after a serious event like this that then we become more grateful or there, then we become more happy why can't we or why do you think people find it more difficult to be happy when they're working their nine-to-five job and you know, paying their mortgage and being a normal or not normal mm-hmm. but i'll say everyday person if that makes sense
2: well like i can't speak for everyone but for me it was like my life had purpose you know like I just felt like I was doing the same thing when I was playing video games, doing my homework, playing basketball, and that was just on, you know, repeat. I didn't feel like I was really, you know, getting better as a person or, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: like it was weird. It was just like I just felt like I was just going through the motions every day. And I wasn't yeah. really impacting anyone and I no one was really impacting me, I felt like, but now like I feel like my life has purpose. Every day I wake up, there's always something I can do to better myself. Like there's never a time in the day where I'm not going to be better in myself. And it's hard for me to even think about video games anymore. And that's all <laughs> I used to ever do. And now I'm like, I don't have time for video games. And like, people are trying like, my trainers and everyone family are like, man, you need to uh, do stuff you enjoy and everything. What, this is what I enjoy now. I love the grind. And, that's all I think about, and that's all I put my energy to towards all day.
1: That point of purpose is so powerful that, like you said, like, all of a sudden, like when all you did was play, not all you did, but when you played video games back in back in college, all of a sudden, video games take a back seat because like, you found that purpose and that drive. So how right. would you help another person looking to find their purpose so they might be wandering through life? is there any tips or advice that you would give to them to, you know, maybe reflect and think about what their purpose is?
2: I don't, I mean, I think you just have to, you know, really live life to really find out what your purpose is. And once you know, you know, that's how it was for me. And you just have to, you know, got to know there's going to be bumps along the road. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail sometimes, but, that's not the end of the road for you. You know, you can still come back from whatever happens. And as long as you do that, you're going to find purpose. As long as you're willing to fight, you know, and keep pushing towards wherever you're trying to go, you're going to have purpose in life.
1: Yeah. It's such a great point. Well, that you said uh, to find your purpose, you just have to live life. I think that's such a simple statement, but it has so much power that there's a lot of people, you know, they're living, but they're not living their life. And through that living exactly. their life is where you find that purpose. I think that's a great point. Great point. Shifting gears a little bit. Uh, so I know you mentioned earlier that you know Apple Valley High School is is well known for their their basketball talent and their basketball program, and it has a it has a great culture of just producing high level basketball players. You no, know, as someone who is in that culture, what about it do you think made it so special?
2: Uh, It was really what made it so special for me was playing with the people I grew up with, you know, like we actually played AAU before we all were even all going to Apple Valley. So like it was just like playing with your family, you know, Mm -hmm. and that made it very special. And, you know, we were all pretty talented at a young age. So we had all pushed each other. We all knew each other's strengths and everything, which made it easier to, you know, grind together for that ultimate goal. So. That's really yeah, what made dude. it special for me.
1: Now, I'm a I'm a big Minnesota prep hoops fan. And so like, I remember I would always go watch Apple Valley. Like they were at any big tournament. And it was always never bet against them because their culture and the people in that system were always, always doing the right thing at the right time. And it was always just fun to watch. so I've always admired the program and the players there. And uh, you know, two of the players, or a few of them, happen to go on have very good careers whether it be tyus jones trey jones gary trent and any number of players who went on played college from that program i want to highlight you know, gary and trey because uh, i know you're connected with them But what about them made them so special was it anything regarding like their mindset the work ethic what about it was set them apart
2: oh yeah their work ethic was tremendous you know like uh they not only, you know, did practice like everyone else, but they spent time in the gym in the mornings, at night. They did, a, they always prepared for what they were trying to do, whether that was get their dribbling better, their shooting better. They never came back the next year, not better mm-hmm. since we were young. Like since we were young, cause you know, both of them were actually playing up. So I got to see them really develop even when, before they were really dominating in the games, because you know they were playing up, just developing at the same time. So mm-hmm. they, I knew they were both going to make it to the league early on, just based mm-hmm. on what they were doing as young kids. Like they, you know, they were very aggressive with their training, and they already were training like pros at that age. It was crazy, you know. We'd all be like, "Man, I, we don't, we don't think they do anything other than basketball. Like they need <laughs> to live a little."
1: Maybe they found their purpose, and that was basketball. And it seems yeah. like hoops is something of right to their purpose, and it paid but, off for them. So, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I d- just watched Gary last week's so No, it, uh, it definitely paid off for them. You know, Jordan. As we kind of wrap up here, I want to ask you, you: know if you can go back to Jordan in high school or Jordan in college, knowing what you, the experience you've gone through now, what tips or
2: advice would you tell them? To live life
0: at a higher level,
2: I would just be like, you know, sit back and appreciate everything you have. You know, there's always a situation out there that is way worse than yours that you don't realize it. You know, when you're just going through the motions, you don't really think about anything other than what's going on with you. You know, if there's there's way more to life than what. You you think always, even now, I there's probably things that I don't realize that there's way more out there and more to life than what my brain can even comprehend right now. And I think that's what I would tell Jordan, like, you know, there's more to life than basketball. Because, you know, basketball is the biggest thing in my life at that point, which now it's really not even, you know, it's not even a second thought. Like, I would have never thought my mind would get. To where it's at right now, so you just got to know. Like, there's way more bigger things. Like inspiring people's the biggest thing in my life, and I love doing that. Yeah, I think that's so cool.
1: I was I wasn't expecting you to bring up you know, how important inspiring people was, but it's obviously played a big role in your your rehab and your recovery, and uh, how that process is going. But one thing I always uh, end the podcast and ask all my guests this. Is this? And I'll give you time to think about it because uh, I want to make sure it's your answer and you think about it well. So the question is: Mental toughness all
2: comes down to blank. I would say it all comes down to you, and the reason being is because it's your own mindset. You know, if you have a negative mindset, chances are your day is going to be negative, or it's going to be a negative outcome. Not. Not even, it might not even really be that, but when you're thinking negative, even the good seems negative.
0: Mm.
2: When you're positive, you're going to have a positive outcome because even if the thing is negative, but if you're thinking positive, like, man, maybe I can still overcome this, it will still end up being positive. And that's how I think. And that's how I can keep going and make a negative into a positive you know so it's like wherever you whatever you think is what it's going to be i feel like and that's why your mental toughness it's all on you that's who is the driving force of that
1: that's so powerful
2: the idea of you know is that even you can a positive mindset can
1: take a negative situation and just make it into a positive and that's so powerful and you're definitely your mindset is definitely doing that for you you're uh you're an inspiration jordan um so glad we're able to just chat to, to hear your story and even just like chat for this short amount of time. It's it's just been a pleasure. So I'll say thank you,
2: man. Thank you for sure, for sure.
1: And and to the listeners, I hope you enjoyed Jordan's story. Caught some inspiration from it. It's it's truly incredible in this journey to walk again. So if you like this episode and you'd like to hear more like it. Go check out the Braining Camp podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on social media at Braining Camp Pod. And with that, you know, Jordan, wants want to say thanks again to the listeners.
2: Go check out, out more content. But Jordan, thanks for thank having you. me. Of course. Of course.